Well, it's my privilege um, to be able to introduce our speaker. We've got a, a dear friend of ours, uh, Jimmy, Pastor Jimmy O'Kitkin. He's a pastor in a village called Kotlik on the Yukon Delta. And he is, and I introduced him this way a couple times this week, a living legend. And he takes offense to that because a legend he thinks is someone that's passed on. But he's still alive, so we can call him a living legend. Um, but this is a man who uh, still makes his own spears and catches his own seals and harvests his own whales. Um, he, he hunts for almost all of his food, and him and Maggie gather just about everything that they survive on out in Kotlik. Um, they pastor a community out there, and uh, on top of that, and probably the most important thing about this man that I know is that he really, really loves Jesus. Um, you know that we don't invite people to come and speak in this pulpit and be in this place unless there are really two things. They love Jesus a lot, and they're our dear friends. Because we say that this is a family, and it's also an army. And one of the things that I love about Pastor Jimmy and Maggie is they don't just love Jesus. They love talking about Jesus. They love helping other people discover who Jesus is. And so I'm excited to be able to have him come and share with us tonight. And we're going to be taking up, many of you know, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, taking up an offering to bless them and their church out in Kotlik. They've got a number of different projects, and I'm expecting that we're going to be able to significantly invest in them so that the kingdom of God can go forward in Kotlik and in the surrounding villages on the Yukon area, Yukon Delta. Uh, with no further ado, I would like to bring my friend up. Come on up, Pastor Jimmy. And uh, we're just so grateful. Why don't you give him a welcome? Should have testing, testing. Hello, hello. Yeah, you should have been on my uh, cheerleading squad. I'd win more games in basketball. <laughs> yeah, I love you guys, man. Love how you like cheer and get excited. And and as we were worshiping a while ago, I, I I couldn't stay still. I couldn't stand still. I couldn't sit still. And even now, I just feel like running around the building because I just feel the presence of God so powerful in this place. And and I, and and and. Let me tell you, when I, when I walk into your leader's house, I feel the same way. God's, I woke up this morning and just, God didn't even leave. He's still there when I walked in. I woke up, he was still there, he was up before me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so um, uh, I'm excited about uh, what, what God's doing in my life. And, and um, I, I'm praying that, uh, I was praying all, uh, most of the night, I laid down to to um, get some sleep, but not just that. I was kind of preparing for what I was going to share with you tonight, and I got excited, and so I didn't fall asleep until probably 2 o'clock this morning, and, um, and uh, uh, it's because, well, I had coffee and kind of Coke, too, as well, <laughs> and, um, and, and also uh, uh, when I get excited about... Uh, Jesus, I, 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 there's times I spent uh, just laying awake, and while my wife was sleeping away, and and um, and I just, I just keep getting off the bed and going into my living room, and, and and at times worship, and I've had those encounters many times, and there's uh, I, I don't know if you know anything about um, how we live in the village, um, for Maggie and I, we we. Um, get our drinking water, not from the faucet, but we, I chop ice in the winter, and I get um, a big load of ice, of, of, of blocks, and we'll bring them home, and we'll put them in, our, in my tank, and they'll melt, and that's how I get my drinking water in the winter. And in the summer, guess what? I collect rainwater. Yeah. And so um, uh, uh, one winter, I was bringing, I had blocks of ice, and I was bringing them into my house, and, and I was dressed. Uh, I wasn't dressed too warm. I just I took, I dressed down and had a small coat on. And as I was carrying the wood into the, the, the wood, the blocks of ice into and tr putting them into my tank, uh, uh, God sewed up, and I ended up on the floor on my face. <laughs> I don't know how long. My door was wide open in the middle of winter. It's 20 below, and um, and uh, good thing Maggie wasn't there because uh, the way she she. 
she'd get me up and say, go close the door, it's cold in here. <laughs> and, uh, but I've had encounters like that with God. And they've been just powerful, powerful times. I can say that because this song, one of the songs says, I was captive, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was a prisoner. And I'm free now. I love talking about getting free. Love talking about how Jesus comes and moves. And sets people free. And God's called me to, to share his message, his love with the people of Alaska and, and those that come to Alaska. And I've had dreams that God, where, where, where God took me places. And as, 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 as we were traveling from, from Kotlik to, uh, to Bethel, to get on a jet from Bethel to Anchorage, and then from Anchorage to Fairbanks, it took two days to get here. And a good thing there's jets, otherwise it'd take three weeks. And, and so uh, I was on a plane, I, and as, as we were on the plane, um, I, I, I God brought a memory back to me in a dream that I had that Maggie and I were in this bomber, this big giant fortress, you know, those the ones that could fly uh, way up high and, and um, you didn't need um, oxygen masks. The plane was, they, they're already pressurized, you know, that those first bombers that were able to do that. And I was, I was sitting on the, the, the captain's seat and Maggie was sitting next to me when, when we were flying over Alaska. That was, this was years ago, and, and, and as I was coming, God started showing me that this, this is one of the things that, this is one of the places I'll take you. Not just you, but uh, Maggie comes with me, and we make a good team together. We hunt together. We cut fists together. We do all kinds of um, hunting and food gathering together. And, um, and not only that, we're, we minister together. She, she prays for me, and, and I pray for her, and, and uh, she feeds me, and I feed her, and, and all of that, you know, how that works. And, and so, um, um, uh, and so uh, that, that's what, uh, what God showed me in that dream, but he's given me more. And tonight I want to share something with you about, about uh, the presence of God. Say his presence. Ah, oh, come on, you guys can do better than that. You guys are young people. <laughs> Say, his presence. His presence. Yeah. You guys were cheering earlier when, you, when I walked on. That's what it should sound like. I wonder what it'll sound like in heaven when, when you say, praise the Lord, maybe even a whisper. And then and guess what's going to happen? There's going to be an outbreak of, of, of praising to God because of one person that says, praise the Lord. Even though they whisper in, in, in all of heaven. They began to praise Jesus. Maybe, maybe you haven't got, gotten the vision yet. When someone says, praise the Lord, guess what's going to happen? You don't know yet? <laughs> I just told you. Everybody's going to get up and start cheering and jumping up and down because Jesus paid a great price for you and I. Yeah, he paid a great price. One of the songs, hymns I like is, is Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. All to him I owe. He paid for me. I've been purchased by his blood. Glory to God Almighty. Ha, oh, man, that's a little bit better. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You forgot already? I said, praise the Lord. Praise oh, that's better. Oh, when I, when I, when I hear that, I get, I get excited. And I want to do it again. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. In the book of Luke, uh, this, guy, this guy Luke, um, he, he, he walked with Jesus. huh? And, uh, and a lot of the people that we read in the Bible and in the New Testament, they, they spend time with Jesus. And um, in the book of Luke, chapter 5. We start in verse 17. I don't know which version you read from. I, I, I read from the new King Jimmy version. <laughs> um, 
I didn't tell you a joke. It's, it's the New King Jimmy version. Yeah. And that's the one I grew up uh, when I got saved. That's what I started reading. It's the New King Jimmy version. Uh, James was the old guy. And Jimmy's the new guy. Yeah. In verse 17, it says, now it happened on a certain day. Say, it happened. Oh, something happened. Something happened that day. It, it says, Luke writes and he says, it happened. I wonder what it is that happened. Let's, let's read on. Let's find out. huh? It, it says, as he was teaching. Oh, that's what he was doing. He was teaching. It happened. And, and, and he says, he was teaching. That there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who came out from every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And I want you to say, this, say the next line with me. And the power, the power of, the Lord of the Lord was present, was present to, heal them. to heal them. And the power, the power of, the Lord of the Lord was present, was present to, heal to heal them. I don't know if you're here or not tonight, but I see some people that are present here. Are you here tonight? Are you sure? Just making sure. <laughs> it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, a man, behold, men brought on, on whom, uh, they brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how that they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst of Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, said to him, man, what do you think he said? Don't look at your Bibles, look up here. <laughs> what would you want him to do if you brought a friend, a paralyzed friend? Yeah, you'd want him to heal this paralyzed guy, huh? But the one thing, the first, the thing that Jesus said, and he forgave him of his sins. I wonder what the guys were thinking that were on top lowering Jesus down. This is our friend. We worked hard to tear this ceiling off and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and let him down. They're standing up there looking at Jesus, and Jesus goes over. There's, they're probably thinking, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah, he's going to. And, and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. They're like, uh, Jesus? Um, we didn't bring him for that. Um, we brought him to be healed. And we heard you heal people. And that's what we brought him for, Jesus. <laughs> but also it says there was Pharisees and teachers of the law there. And their thought were, was, who does this guy think he is? Only God forgives sins. And little did they know who they were talking to or thinking about. Jesus knew their thoughts. And he said, why do you think and perceive? So that you will know not only that the Son of Man can forgive sin, but he heals. Take up your bed and walk. The guy gets up, didn't even hesitate, didn't have to go through therapy. He got up. Today, in, in, me, in the medical world, we... we, 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 we Talk about therapy and going through these stages of healing, huh? Boy, instant healing. He didn't even think about it. He got up, rolled up his mat, and walked out. Wow. Someone say, wow. <sighs> instant healing. Father, this is your word. And ask Holy Spirit that you speak to us tonight. And that you would give me word to speak. That we would all un understand. What your heart is saying to us. And why you brought this tonight. 
Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight, here's what I want you to do. Have you ever been in a, flown in a jet? How many of you have flown in a jet before? They're, they're always saying, buckle your seatbelts. Pull it tight. Leave that tray up. Don't pull it down until we're ready to serve you. And so tonight, I'm going to tell you to take those seatbelts off in case you get excited and decide to run around this building. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have fun in the Lord, huh? Yeah. yeah, I love having fun in church. Church shouldn't be a place where it's boring. Church should be a place where, where we find exciting things about God because if, if you look at a diamond, you see different facets of the diamond. Huh? You turn it and different, different angles and a light will shine from different angles and different lights or different colors will come from that diamond. That's how God is. We look at, we, there's, there's too many times we think God is this way and, and he's this way. But there's many facets of God that we haven't seen yet. Many. That's how come the Israelites had different names for God. Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh. They saw little parts of God and they described God that way. Just little bits and pieces of who God is. But tonight I want to talk about his presence. If you read the Bible, there's this guy by the name of Paul. He, his name was Saul before he became Paul. He got letters to go and, 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 and just persecute Christians. Or back then, they were called the people of the way. They, they weren't called Christians. They were people of the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? And so they were called people of the way. And so... Uh, um, um, Paul got letters and, and to, to go and get these Christians and put them in jail or even kill them. And on the way to Damascus, guess what happened? God met him on the road. His light shone all, all around him and he fell off the donkey. And, uh, or, yeah, I think that's what it is. I was going to say Democrats. Um, uh, but it was a donkey. And, uh, uh, and, and, and as, as, as he fell off, he got up, he was blinded. And, and, and you know what that is? God showed up and he had an experience. God showed up. And he experienced God. And, and this experience blinded him. And this experience showed him and, and God spoke to him. And he says, why do you persecute me? And let me tell you what, there, there, we're, we're in a time where, where we, we can't just be Sunday morning Christians or Sunday evening Christians or midweek Christians. We've got to be Christians all day long, seven days a week, 365, yeah? 365 days in the year. That we're, 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 but, but if you want to be that, you've got to have an, 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 an encounter with God. And this encounter not only did blind Saul, it changed him forever. To where he wrote three quarters of, of the New Testament, huh? He wrote three quarters of the New Testament. And today, let me tell you, we need to have an encounter. If, if, you, want to, if you want to see change in your life, in your family, or whatever, whatever God's going to have you do, you need to have an encounter with God. You need it. You need it. You need an encounter. You need to have that experience. I can tell you, before I got saved, I wasn't this crazy Eskimo guy <laughs> who liked to jump around and worship God and, 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 and talk about Jesus. But I, but I found out that God was crazier for me than I was for him. Yeah. I thought he was mad at me, but I found out he's mad about me. And I began to experience things, and, and God showed me different things of, 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 of where I was in life and what he wanted me to see of him and how much he loved me. 
and he even called me at one point at a, at a dinner table. I was going to eat, and I, 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 the guy was praying over bless, blessing over the food. I couldn't wait for him to get done. I was having roast beef, mashed potatoes, and, 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 and I think it was asparagus. And, uh, uh, and, and I was holding my fork and my knife on the other hand. I was saying, come on, guys. Say amen. I'm gonna have some of this roast beef. And so he said, Amen. I stuck my fork in the in the meat and I cut it and I put it in my mouth and 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 and, and God took me away and he showed me a table that was set with food. And I heard him behind me say, Doesn't that look good? And you know what I said? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and he said, He's, he said, doesn't that look good for the voice? I'm saying, doesn't that look good to turn around? I'm like, what? He said, turn around. And I turned around, and everything turned black. And I could feel, I could feel darkness. I could smell the darkness. I could, I could sense the darkness. You just don't sense that. I felt it all over me. It wasn't, it wasn't good. It was, it was, it was evil. And, it was, and then I heard crying in the background. And it's, there were, the crying was were people in pain, in so much pain that 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 you, you can't describe it. I couldn't. I can't describe the pain to you. But I can tell you the pain. I've, I've been in pain before. I got shot before. I had, burns and, and uh, broken bones and uh, because of this one gunshot I had uh, it, and I felt the pain and, and it, it, it was multiplied by a thousand and even more their cries of pain and I'm standing there and I started to cry and I asked Jesus what's that he said Jimmy those are your people if you don't tell them about you so now I'm going to tell you tonight that you have a calling tonight in your life Every one of you, you've heard Jesus. And there's people out there that are going to hell because nobody's telling them about Jesus. But I want to tell you a story tonight. About this guy named David. Uh, how many know David in the Bible? Yeah. Prophet Samuel goes knocking on Jesse's house. He goes and answers the door. And lo and behold, there is the prophet Samuel. And Jesse's like, oh, I heard about you. Uh, yeah. And in one place, uh, they, they said, are you here to bring good news or bad news? And I guess every time you come around, something always happens. Even the weather changes. And so, and so, um, and so, he, he, the prophet comes in. He says, "You know what? I, I told the king I was going to go make a sacrifice and, and, and an offering here, but I, the reason I'm here is I'm, I'm here to anoint a king out of your house." And Jesse he gets his men, his young men, lines them up, and they look like football players. Without the helmets and the pads. Oh man, imagine that, Paul. Without the helmets and pads, they look like football players. He lines them up and 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 yet in the prophet he, he he begins to start pouring the oil over them and nothing comes out. What's the matter with this thing? It worked yesterday. He goes down the line and, and the oil doesn't come out on any of them. And he asks Jesse, Do you have any more boys? Any more Sons, he's, yeah. Yeah, I have one more. His name is David. He's out in the field taking care of his sheep. Uh, he's kind of this little guy. I don't know if he's the one. Samuel says, okay, go and get him. They send for David. He comes running. And uh, we picture these guys as like football players uh, and knights. But he was, the way dad described his son, he, oh, it's just little old David. He comes in, and God says to Samuel, that's the one. 
And if I was Samuel, I'd go, hmm, are you sure, God? He looks kind of small. And he just takes care of those few little sheep. You sure? Because these other guys went to battle. They know how to fight. And so he takes the oil and he holds it over and the oil starts running. And too many times we think we've got to be bigger for God to work in our lives. God says, you look at the outer appearance but I look at the heart. How's your heart tonight? David grows up. Calls call, he's calling to the castle. Sings for Saul to soothe his demons. And many times out, out in the world, people just want us to come Pray with them to soothe their demons and sing and make it easy on them so they're not tormented or bothered anymore or hurting anymore. Comfort them. But they need more than that. They need saving, huh? But I want to talk, tell you a story about David. How many of you want to hear that story about David tonight? Okay, okay, let's let's let's, let's go over to uh, let's go over to Second Samuel. Let's take a look in uh, in Second Samuel chapter six. Here, David, he becomes king. Oh man, he he becomes this king of Israel in chapter six of Second Samuel, and it says again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, thirty thousand choice men, choice. You'd be one of them. Yeah, because you play the keyboard and you bring God's presence in. Yeah. That's probably who was there, those who sang, worshiped God. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Bel Judah to bring up from there the ark of God. Imagine the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And so they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out, out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of, the, ark of God and Ahio, went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments and all kinds of fir, uh, fir wood on harps and stringed instruments and on tambourines and, and cisterns and, and, on, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon, the Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand of the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. Then Listen to this. And then the anger of the Lord was uh, aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him before, struck him there for his error, and he died by the ark of God. And it says in and it says in verse eight, David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah. To this day. We got to go back just a little bit. That's why David had to bring the ark back. Um, they were at war. Israel was at war with the Philistines, and and um, they carried the ark with them, brought it into battle. And the ark represents the presence of God. They brought it into battle, and 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 and. They, they did this so much that, that, that it became like a lucky charm. And God wasn't pleased with that. And so the Philistines captured the ark. And imagine them 
the, Isra- the Philistines and uh, capturing the ark, they said, we got God. Oh, we've got God. <sighs> now we, ha- we can win all the battles. And they didn't quite... They didn't quite know what to do with the ark, so they, they brought it into the, to, into the temple of Dagon. And as they set the, the ark down in the temple, God, they went out, and, and then they're excited. We got God. We got God. We got God. We got God. Yeah, we're, 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 we defeated the Israelites. Now we got God. Oh, we got the God box. Yeah. And then when they came back next morning, guess what? The statue of Dagon was prostrate before the ark. They came. (gasps) Come on, come on, hurry, hurry, help me out. (laughs) And so they they propped up their idol. That's what we always have to do, huh? Prop up idols. So, ah. and so they went out and they came back the next day. And guess what? Dagon was on the floor again. But his head wasn't in the place where it should be. It's broken off. His wrists were broken. And not only that, God plagued them with some kind of sickness, maybe hemorrhoids, I think it is. Not only that, but, but also with mice. And so, so they had the God box, and, and they're sick, and, and they said, oh, man, we need to get rid of this box. Oh, let's get rid of it. And so they sent the ark out, and it ended up in Abinadab's house for 20 years. Saul becomes king. It's amazing. He never went out and to get the God box. Didn't want God's presence. 20 years. Let me tell you, you try to live your life without God, it's not going to go right. And David becomes king. I'm going to need your help, Crystal. Could you help me out with the keyboard? Here's what we're going to do. I want to tell you this story within this story, okay? And, um, can just follow along, play soft. And maybe if I get excited, you can get excited too. <laughs> you can help me. You can help me out. But David calls for the ark. He says, Oh man, I've been waiting for this time. I've been waiting for this time. He gathers his men, 30,000 choice men. They go and, and they get ready. They, they take the ark out of Abinadab's house, which was there for 20 years. And his sons, Ahio and Uzzah, were, were helping out. And they, they, David built a new cart. And they placed the ark on the cart, this brand new cart. The oxen began to pull the ark. And, and they began to dance and worship. Imagine what David was like bringing back the ark. And in, in one version, it says he worshiped with all his might. I thought I was doing that tonight, but it wasn't quite probably like David was. But he worshiped with all his might. People are singing. The instruments are going. David is is jumping up and down is bringing back the ark. We're going to bring back the ark to Israel into into, into its proper place. And and, and all of a sudden the oxen stumbles and Uzzah reaches over to stop the uh, ark from falling over and he touches it and guess what happens? It says that God struck Uzzah down. And maybe it just doesn't tell the whole story. But I could kind of imagine when God struck Uzzah down. Kind of a slow motion. Like <laughs> 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 okay, David is dancing. He goes, 
people and the, the 30,000 men are there going, as well. So emotion. And Uzzah's all over the place. <laughs> David gets angry. He, and then he realizes we shouldn't be angry at God. Then he probably starts thinking, what should I do next? Then he looks over and he sees Obed-Edom. Obed's sitting there and, and he experienced everything that went on. Doing the slow motion thing. And David says, Obed. Obed knew David was going to ask. He wanted to say no, but, but the king asked. So guess what? He had to say yes. Obed, we're going to put the ark of God, the God box your house and he calls for the priest to come over to bring the God box the killer God box into Obed's house imagine those priests how, what, what, were there, what they were going through and what they were thinking oh God forgive me oh God forgive me oh God forgive me they, they reach down and pick up the ark and oh, oh, oh God forgive me and they, they bring it over to, to Obed's house, Obed Edom's house, and they place it in his living room. And they set it down and they walk out. And they're like, they survived. They didn't get struck like Uzzah. And then everybody leaves. Uzzah's outside. Looking into his house. Why? I wonder why he asked me. Bring that God box, not just a God box, but it's a killer God box into my house. He goes in, he, he walks around it, he doesn't know what to do. I do well I, I, I better get this right he calls for his kids all seven of them kids come over here come 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 over here I know you don't like to to, to listen you, you you don't you, you, you're kind of rebellious but but let me tell you what you better listen to me t today because I because you touch this box guess what you don't, you don't have to worry about disobeying anymore you're going <laughs> to You're going to die. Let me show you. Come come look at the window. Come they, they go to the window. They go, "Do you see out there? There's Uncle Uza." <laughs> He's all over the place. Touch that box. I wouldn't have to spank you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch the box. He looks up and he sees his wife. Honey, honey, come, 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 come. Come over here. Come, look. You see this box? Don't touch it. I know you like cleaning, but don't clean this box. I want to eat tomorrow. My laundry will need to be done too, so I don't know how to work these buttons over here or what kind of soap to put in there, but, but don't touch the box. And so, just this is, you know, just my imagination of what's going on. We read a few lines about it. And so, that night, laying down he wants to sleep but he's thinking about the box in his house not just the God box but the killer God box he 
picks up and he's worried. His kids might go out and try and touch it. So he gets up and he goes over. It's the middle of the night. It's dark. They probably have a candle lit. And he goes over to the God box and, and he looks at it and all of a sudden, as he's, 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 he's standing there, light starts coming out of the box. All these colors, colors of the rainbow, red, orange, all the different red colors, all the different orange and yellows and the purples and, and, and the blues and all the colors that we, we, we don't see here on earth that are in heaven. And he's standing there and he gets scared. And he's like, what do I do? What do I do? God, forgive me. What do I do? And as he's standing there, the music starts coming out of the box as well. And, and then he and then he realizes that, that, that something's going on here. And that, that as he's standing there, he starts to feel the presence of God. And he begins to cry. Because if you're in the presence of God, you will cry. I've cried so many times in his presence because it's, 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 it's a wonderful, it's a beautiful thing to be in his presence. He's standing there and his lights are coming out and the music and, and he begins uh, to remember where in the Bible God says, I formed you while you were in your mother's womb. I knew you. God brings him back to that place of, he, of where he came from. And he's standing there crying and, he, and then healing begins to take place. And before, before he knew it, the sun was coming up. And he goes over, pushes the coffee maker button on. has coffee and, he, and he's thinking I can't wait till tonight boy that was the best time I've ever had in my life I feel younger feel healthier yeah but I can't wait till tonight and so they go on with the day comes again. His wife's asleep. His kids are asleep. He gets up and, and it starts all over again. Lights are all over the place. They're moving. And it's like a symphony of lights. A symphony of music coming out of the box. And he stands there and he worships all night long. presence of God does to you. He heals, restores, takes that hurt that was inside of you. That was, I don't know what you've been through in your life, but, but God can take care of that hurt, can take care of that, that thing that happened to you years ago, maybe while you were a little girl or a little boy, and somebody said something to you that called you a name that you didn't like or they treated you like they didn't like you didn't need it to be treated or or maybe they they hurt you in some way and 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 and, and Obed Edom was going through these things in his life and healing began to take place healing took place and next thing we know he started playing an instrument too and joining in with the music and this went on for Three months, but during in between the three months, one night, as he's worshiping, his wife gets up and sees him. He has his hands raised and he's worshiping, singing out. And his wife goes and says, "Oh, bed." He looks over, and she says, "I thought you told us not to." come over here and he's so excited 
And she stands there with Obed and, and the music and the lights come out of the box. She, she begins to cry. The presence of God was all over the place. And healing be began to take place in her body, in her heart. Because let me tell you, that's what the presence of God will do in your life when, when you have that encounter. Look at Paul as he was struck down. A whole different man because of an encounter with God. They began to encounter, have an encounter with God, him and his family, his wife. Next night, the kids were out there as well. They cried and, and healing took place in their life, the whole family. And then... The Bible says, if you read the Bible in, in the story of Obed, it says, and Obed's house was blessed. Their chickens laid more eggs than, than they've ever, ever laid. Their, their goats pr produced more milk than they've, they've ever before. The, 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 the cows and whatever they had. And those who worked with Obed were blessed around him because of the presence of God. And then one day, Obed's wife sees a bag packed by the door. She asks, what's the bag for? He says, well, some of our neighbors saw what was going on here this past three months and when then told David what was going on. David went away and he he, um, he had to look up the owner's manual and how to take care and how to handle the ark. Yeah. Because the way they did it was a Philistine way. Here's the priests that are supposed to carry. How do you think they didn't get struck down? The priests carried the ark into the house. But it says his house was blessed. more blessed than he's ever been. And David comes over and he, he says, Obed, I'm here to take the box to the ark. And Obed says, yeah, I know, David. I knew you were coming. My wife came and she saw my bag packed He's, he said to his wife, you know what? When the ark goes, I want to go with the ark. Because, because I love being in, in the presence of God. And she's, she says, can I come? Yeah. Our family's going to come. Let's, let's all get packed and get ready because King David is coming. King he, Obed talks to David. King David says, David, I know you were coming. When, where this goes, I want to go with it. Can I come? David says, yeah. Obed says, can all 64 of us come along? Yeah, because they were blessed too. They couldn't go without the presence of God. David says, yeah. Come with me. You can come. And if you study Obed-Edom, Anything that had to do with the Ark of the Covenant, covenant Obed was there helping out, leading in every way. Because he loved the presence of God. He felt the heart of God. And if we can go back to Luke 5, it says, And the power of the Lord was present there to heal. The power of the presence of God was there. And same thing with the ark. And for many, they see maybe God that way. He's the God that's for me. God was waiting. I, was, I looked at God and he was waiting for me to make a mistake so he could punish me. That's how I saw God in, in my early years before I knew Jesus. I was waiting. Anytime I made a mistake, I knew God was going to punish me some way. And I would get hurt or something. And, and, I, and, and if I got hurt, I knew that we were even now. God took care of it. 
that's, that's not how God operates, huh? says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to bring life and life to the full. Look what happened in Obed's house. And maybe tonight you need an encounter with God in such a way. Maybe you're hungering for that. How do I do that? How do I get into his presence? We're doing it this evening. We we're worshiping. I was standing here beside my wife. I couldn't stand still. I, I was going back and forth, raising my hands, praying in the spirit. And then I turned to my wife and I said, Maggie, I feel the, the same presence that in, in Gnome Camp meeting that we experienced. I experienced there. The, the, the same power, the same spirit is here tonight. I can't stay still, Maggie. It's powerful. And let me tell you that night that, 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 that God, would, oh man. You should have seen what happened there. We, we, we were drunk in the spirit. I was holding my wife's hand and going across to, to our seat. Like, oh, I, I couldn't stand straight. And, and all I could do was, was stand there and work, go back and forth. And I saw a pastor friend of mine who was sitting there like, he walked to the line he, like he didn't feel anything. So God told me to go over to him. And as just as I got to him, I fell on him. And he went, oh, and he looked up and he's, he started laughing. And the presence of God just, just fell on him and he laughed and laughed and healing began to take place in him. In him. And then his wife came in and she started laughing. But there was still so much of God in me I couldn't, I, I couldn't stay still. I went over to my wife and I took her hand, took her friend's hand and put them together and started praying over them and they started laughing. And then I had to let go because someone came and, and, and was doing something. I had to stop. And I looked up at Pastor Austin, Pastor for Nome. And he was talking, giving announcements. And I was going to go up to him and, and, and give him a hug. But he started talking again. And so the Holy Spirit, not yet. Wait, 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 wait. And then he made his final announcement, prayed. Walked down, he stepped down from the podium or the, the altar and started walking to his seat. And I walked over to him. I put my arms around him, and we both fell. <laughs> the mic went flying somewhere, and and he, 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 during that time he said, "When when we fell, God sowed him that He's going to free a lot of the native people." They were in bondage, leaders. And he wants to do that with your life tonight, your family, your friends. Maybe you've been praying for someone. And God says, here, just hang out in my presence.